Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Some powerful messages with some powerful people on today here. Who'd you bring with you? Well, again, I got the man, the legend, and the myth, Christopher (laughs) Penton. He's a Forest Master Chief Petty Officer, uh, United States Navy, retired. Uh, Again, I just love having a conversation with this guy. He's just a a bundle of energy, uh, a wealth of resources and knowledge. And just, again, it's an honor to have him on the show. But I tell you what, the topic that we're going to talk about, and again, with him being a a, a great, uh, as far as all the things he's doing in the community, is financial genocide. What? That's that's a a controversial topic here. Financial genocide. The slaughter, the the death by uh, it's not just uh, it's not just closing the wealth gap. Uh, People are getting wiped out here. The reason that topic is so relevant. And again, normally when you talk about genocide or or anything that has to do with 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 money or you're you're talking about economic. Right. And I, I, I just coined that term financial genocide, just because it, it applies to money, it applies to finance. And I read, I read a disturbing article uh, a week ago, and it came up again in a, in a topic. And it's not something that I'm pulling out of a hat. These are, these, these are statistics that are coming from government agencies and well-known uh, uh, financial institutions that are paid to write about these things. Uh, but the projection is for, and, and getting back to the racial divide or the racial yeah, wealth Yeah, we talked gap. about this. Yeah, there's a racial wealth. It isn't just a regular wealth gap. It's even worse for certain racial groups. So here's the thing. I, I, I want to sound the alarm. You know, the, the study, what it's saying is that by 2053, the net worth for the African-American community, for black people, will be zero. What? No, can't be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna can't say be that, zero. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. And I know right now we're having audio problems, but hopefully, you know, we're not having uh, video problems. Uh, we're having um, video problems. But we're not having audio problems. No, I heard you loud and clear. I just can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, by 2053, the net worth, black people here in America, will be zero. And because of COVID-19, mm-hmm. they had to revive... Uh, revise those uh, those projections and increase that time horizon to 2043. They sped it up. It's going to happen sooner. Up. Yeah, They sped it up. Well, let's, so, let's spit it out with your guest here. Welcome, uh, Master, Force Master. Sorry. I, I never can get the title right. I'm just going to say the Force. The Force be with us today here. Welcome, sir. Yeah, yeah it's, always a, it's always a pleasure and an honor when you can sit on the phone with some of the top financial people that's giving uh, advice and wisdom and just add a little bit to the plate. You know, I don't, I don't expect to bring the main meal, but I expect to bring uh, a couple of side items. So tell me, does that make you choke a little bit when you hear that uh, there might be a uh, financial genocide coming for certain groups here? They're going to get wiped out. They're going to have zero net worth at some point in time. 
No, no, it just make me it just make me know that when I'm doing it, it, it it's even more important that we not you know we need to bring more people on team on the team to dig a little deeper. No, I don't get afraid. We that's one thing about French and I. You know, we, we went to boot camp in, in 1981. Was in the same company. We don't get afraid. We just dig down a little deeper. Yeah, you know, because right. when you get when you get afraid, a, a lot of things have a tendency to pass over you. Yeah, you just got to build your army. You just you just dig down and, and recruit more people to go out there and get the message out. You know, finances. We need to just get the message out that we need everybody on all hands on deck working on this issue. Well, give us a reminder for those who didn't hear the first show with you. Your, your background. You were in the Navy with uh, our with yeah, our host here. I was in I was in the Navy for thirty years. I'm just gonna give you the, the meat and potato. I've been in the Navy for thirty years. French and I went to boot camp together in nineteen eighty one within the same company, company two one one. Right. And I over my career I've had uh six command master chief tours. That's unheard of. And there was a command master. Command master chief is the most senior enlisted on at any installation. So the biggest platforms in the Navy is an aircraft carrier, a big deck Ampia, uh Aegis class cruiser, and then for the shore duty, it's a, a region, and then maybe going around doing a lot of training with the Navy. I, now, you may run into one or two people that can, can have done that collectively, mm-hmm. but I'm the only one in the Navy have done all of that. Oh, you know, I've, right. told, I've told her over probably 50,000 people under, under my various commands, and my last job, when I retired, I was the fourth master chief of Navy Recruiting Command. That means I was in charge of recruiting 40,000 people a year. You're talking about the whole six, force, the whole naval force. Like, you were the, the force. Whole, yeah. the, the whole force. I mean, talk about it. If anybody came in the Navy between 2006 and 2011, they got my fingerprint on it. <laughs> wow. Period. Period. So when we call you the force, it's not for fun. This is you really. No, 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 force, right? no. When you call me the force, let the force be with you. Because I'm going to I may bring a force, uh, a gale force wind. Or I may be a force <laughs> of nature. I'm going to be somewhere around a force. Don't mess with the force. That's all I got to say. That's, and that's all I got to say. The force, let the force be with you. Hey, Pitton, so one, one thing, man. What I want you to do is uh, let my audience know, let the audience know exactly uh, what you have going on right now. Because, again, you're uh, so heavily invested in the community. And I like for the people just to understand a little bit. Uh, okay. Uh, give them a taste of, of some of the things that you got going on, especially uh, we got some kind of event going on in uh, Louisiana right now. Yes. Matter of fact, t- tomorrow I'm getting ready to fly to Louisiana. Now I'm going to Louisiana. I'm going to Bogalusa, B-O-G-A-L-U-S-A, <laughs> Louisiana. Now Nobody's Bogalusa, from Bogalusa. Come on, nobody's from Bogalusa. No, there is no and such place. It, and Bogalusa is in, is in a location that you got to be from Bogalusa and go to Bogalusa. You'll <laughs> just get lost and end up in Bogalusa. <laughs> right. You have got to be going to Bogalusa. It's the only city that ends with USA. Oh, okay. And... So the bottom line is, uh, Dreamation, Dreamation, and myself, Dreamation, and Books Over Bullets, which is an organization out here in LA, are taking five thousand books down to Bogalusa, Louisiana. They have three elementary schools down there. Now, the elementary school, Bogalusa, is in the uh, is the the poor city uh, in the south. Okay, it's one of the poorest cities and, and, and crime written. So we're going to take books down there to the elementary school, and, it's, and the books have a, a 3D to it. So it has a STEM component to it. Wow. So not only are we – so when I go down to Bogalusa, I'm taking books down there and give them to the schoolhouse, and they're going to bring a awareness up on STEM. And also going to be on uh, uh, Books Over Bullets is teaching kids about choosing books over bullets. 
and Hip Hop Scholarship Foundation is going to also going to be part of that uh, that evolution on the 24th of uh, March. And big acts of kindness. And then we have an organization down in Boulder. It's called Bless Be On Measure. It's a it's a it's a uh, youth center. So if you notice, and Dreamation is going to go. Dreamation is a is an animated movie. It's a 3D movie that's coming out in 2023. It's about the first birthday party ever. And wow, a lot there and to digest. I a, and I also have another business called em, Employee Readiness. That's when we take the vets. When they get out and get them to the show, everything I mentioned, mentioned about the youth and about the best, I, I haven't told you nothing about making money. I'm not in the, in the, I'm about building wealth. Making money is for your neighborhood. Building wow. wealth is for the future. So that's what I that's what I do. Well, French I, I, French tells us there's going to be no net wealth in the in the African American community by 2045 here. Well, but again, that's why if, that's why if, that's if, why French uh, sound alarm so we can go out there and do something about it right now. We're getting the soldiers ready, so we can we can curb that. Right. Exactly. If we don't if we don't do something right now, and again, the the, the need is immediate as far as people getting an understanding of a different and, and, and Pinton just, he just, he just nailed it. There's a difference between income and money mm. and wealth. And so we get, there's a term called wage slave. Yeah. Right. It's, it's called wage slave. We and can all become one of those. Yeah, right. it's, a, it's a term that capitalists and labor has been using uh, for four centuries. And so I would I would recommend people just go ahead and Google that term wage slave to see exactly what it is. Well, it really is working paycheck to paycheck. I can't quit. You've got me. Uh, you've got me hooked. I can't stop. I'm a I'm a I have I have no ability to control my own destiny. I'm a slave to the wages I earn and I got to earn them every week or I lose. Exactly. So think so think about this. If you are a slave to your wages, and your wages are stagnant. And again, we, we got this fight right now over the, over the minimum wage, you know, a federal minimum wage of right. $15 an hour. Right. And again, you know, if those wages are stagnant, what's happening is that the prices are not stagnant. They're going up. Yeah. Yeah. Wages are the same, but everything costs more. Everything costs more. So again, you're not in the future. What they're saying is that a whole segment, that's why I call it financial genocide, a whole ethnic group are going to be caught in this this vortex of slave or, or, or way slavery to whereas they only have income generated from one source, which is a job. And when you look at those numbers, especially based on the pandemic, the first people that lost their jobs were African-Americans. And when the hiring most vulnerable, when, right? Yeah, exactly. And when that hiring starts again, uh, they're going to be and or people of color are going to be the last ones hired. So, and it, there's another alarming another alarming statistic that I just want to throw out there. Let's say, and again, we have to break this down based on ethnic lines because it's it's a fact, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it. No. But it's something that is that it that necess- it absolutely has to be addressed. So here's here's another uh, starting statistic. Let's say if every white person in America decided, you know what, we are tired of uh, the uh, income inequalities. Mm-hmm. We are tired of the way 
uh, the, you know, the, the, the privilege or whatever you want to call it. The way the pie is stacked in our up favor. here. Yeah, exactly. The way if the they pie said, is... OK, collectively, if every white person in America today said, you know what, uh, we're just going to go ahead and we're going to stop the evolution of of wealth within our ethnic group. Today, we're just going to we want everything. We want a level playing field. So we're just going to stop. We're, no more gifting. Mm-hmm. We're not no more inheritance. Uh, we're going to make we're not going to buy any more property until the other minority groups catch up with our group. Okay. If that happened collectively, do you know how long it would take for the minority group to, to catch up to become to become equal? I don't it would take but... 200 years. Oh, geez. If every person collectively, every white person in America collectively, collectively said, we are not going to do this anymore. We're just going to stop. We're going to stunt our growth. It would take 200 years. So let me ask you both up. here, because I'm the, I'm sorry, I'm the one old white guy in the panel here. And that makes me cringe to hear that. It makes me uncomfortable to hear that. But you shouldn't be uncomfortable. So, that, that's the whole point. So the question I would ask, and so many ask, black, white, green, brown, everything, Why? Why is the African-American community so vulnerable to being wiped out financially? Why, ha- why hasn't there? I know some of it's systemic and I got racist. The, but I got, the, I, got the, I got the answer. Okay. Because when, when the race started, we was not at the starting line. When, when the race started years and years and years ago, yeah, right. we was not at the starting line. Now we are starting to get at the starting line, but you are already 15,000 years ahead. Yeah, so right. everywhere we're at, You've already been. That's why we follow your footprints because you've already been there. We was out there when they shot the gun and said, "Ready, ready, start, ready on your market, ready to go." We was not there because we was not free to be there. Right. So right. we started. We started way back. And while we was while we was at the finish line, while that was at the finish line, we was at the start line getting beat. That's what it's all about. So hey, I tell you what, a another another example. When I first started on my my journey on wealth because creating wealth it is a journey it, it is. is not a destination it is right it's something it's it's continuing it goes on and on it's and a on. mindset as you keep saying right yeah so when i first started out i was so far behind that i thought i was first <laughs> <laughs> they're coming up the leaders are coming up behind you and you thought i'm ahead of these guys here yeah and when I started to when I started to crunch the numbers collectively, it was like, oh my God, I had no idea where I was in the race. And again, we use the term racism, which is we put a little a suffix on the end of it. But like Penn said, it's a race. It's a it's an economic financial race, and it's a competitive race. It is yeah. a, it is extremely competitive, and most races do not want to go backwards no which they shouldn't they should always strive to no, move everybody ahead, that's fur- the american dream my kids are going to be have a better life than i did that's why everybody came here right? absolutely but let me tell you why uh we need to have a collective conscience based on this uh having things being equal or the equality income um you know get away with income inequality it's because it, it, it's if we stay on this path it becomes a national security threat for the entire nation. What? Now I got to explain that one. Because Paul, when you have a whole, when you have an entire group of people that have nothing to lose, that's a dangerous position yeah, to be in. Right, right. That is true because they'll listen to anybody who comes along and promises something, or they got they got no stake in the game. 
So let's burn down the game. Let's let's give up on the game, right? I'm not right. going to. Can... I'm not going to destroy my neighborhood if I own property in that neighborhood. I'm not going to destroy businesses in that community in that financial district if I own fifty percent or either a large a, 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 a greater portion or percentage of businesses in that community. I am not going to waste my discretionary income when I have learned that my overall financial uh, wellness is geared towards me paying myself first and accumulating assets, income producing assets that's you know guaranteeing that I have a pretty good lifestyle for myself while I'm here, but most importantly, to pass on wealth to the next generation, I'm not going to waste that. So what we have to do as a nation and even as a people is start to unlearn some of the bad habits that we learned in the past. What do you think, Penton? Is it is it possible? You deal with veterans all the time. I was shocked when you had the discussion last time on how poor, how how ill, how what do I say? I don't want to sound offensive here. Ill-equipped? Ill-equipped, yeah. Ill-equipped, um, illiterate about the financial world here. They might be able to read and write and make an aircraft carrier move, but nobody's teaching them the basics of financial literacy. And so black, and then, yeah. And then on the other hand, you may have the people that's all rich but can't move an aircraft carrier. Yeah, so me, me some, right? You know, yeah. Some people, yeah, so some people, so you got to find that balance. So basically what French was saying is sometimes you can have so many people that's poor that anything, they'll do anything. And even have people that are so rich that the, nothing impressed them. They bored with life. That's where they get on the on the hard drugs. Yeah. You got to have that balance. You can't have too much of one thing and too much. Let me tell you, I was stationed over in Iceland, and they didn't have any crime over there because the whole country is almost the same. You know, no, they don't have any poor people. Yeah. They don't have any rich people. But when you don't have that, you don't even have police officers. It's yeah. nothing to compete against. Right. So that's why my friends pretty much talking about that. We got to quit talking about all the poor people that we got and start talking about all the rich people we got because they're going to get bored too. They're a national security risk because they, they won't be able to get in the military because they think they're too good to be in the military. Now the poor people can't get in, then rich people don't want to get in. So now what we're going to do as a country? Who well, fighting the wars? Well, I got to tell you, you're talking to me. Here's the thing, yeah. though. One thing I do, I want to uh, interject in here right now. Uh, this, is, uh, this is not a show about red, uh, capitalism, which is better, capitalism or socialism. Right. This is a show that's about finding that balance to whereas everybody can coexist and not look at each other as a threat to their livelihood or a threat to their way of life. So can I ask you both a question here? Because we hear this a lot on this station. Are we living in a world of scarcity where we have to all fight with each other? There's no. only so much. So if, no. I, if I win, you lose. Or no. are we dealing, or is there more abundance available that can, abundance for all? I, I don't know. A, abundance, it, all you have to do is look at nature. The, na, everything in nature is about advancing and is about abundance. Right. Even if you look at the, the, the universe, just look at the stars. Everything, there's nothing, poverty doesn't exist in nature. Poverty wow. doesn't wow. exist in the universe. It only exists in the mind of a man based on a flawed construct that there is lack and there is scarcity. Why? Because of cost and price. If I can create an illusion of scarcity, then I can justify raising prices yeah, and right, cost. Right. 
and, and I can justify I a, hoarding. I can justify hoarding. So that's uh, the upper end people hoard because I don't, I, you know, well, you never know when the disaster is going to come. It's not enough. I, I need more. I need more. You're hoarding everything because exactly. of this sense of scarcity. Yeah, exactly. And even when you look at the, the pandemic, when it first started, you know, when it, you know, it, it yeah. became uh, a, a <laughs> hoarding issue. toilet paper. Yeah. Toilet paper. <laughs> look at look at just the basic items that people could not find that they began to compete on, and then the government has to has to really step in and say, okay, we are going to penalize you if you start price gouging. Yeah, that's how bad it can get as far. As, and who does that who does that benefit? Based on the hoarding and the gouging, price gouging, and who does it? hurt most of scenario. us most of us is or so so let me give you another thing is this perception of scarcity and this racial wealth gap which is even greater for those uh outside of the mainstream here minority groups the not the majority but the minority groups i'll say this to the force here is this a is this a world belief that's been forced on us to keep us all down and divided or is this a reality? I mean, what, why is this a mind? Is this a mindset, or is this a uh, is this just the way it is? It's a mindset. That's it's a reality that affects the mindset. So it's both. You know, let me tell you. It, even looking at the word, the term mindset, that term mindset is really a state of mind. Right. Right. It, it's it's an attitude. It's a belief. And so when you've had, when you when you've been told a certain thing, meaning that when you want to when you want to uh, develop a goal or you want to create something, the first thing you need to do is have the thought is based on what is it that you want. Right. What is it that I want? Then the emotion kicks in based on whether you believe that you can have that or not, based on your mind and your imagination. You see yourself actually in that position. Right. Then you begin to take action on that thing because, first of all, you know what you want. You believe that you can have that thing. And then you begin to take action on it. And then the the result of it is that it's going to manifest. So that could be either positive or negative. And so when we talk about mindset based on attitude and belief, it could either be positive or negative. But it does not mean that it's like listening to a radio uh, radio station, radio show program. And okay. you're driving it down. You, you're in your car. You're in your convertible. You're driving down Pacific Coast Highway. I see and, myself and, right now. Yeah. Enjoying the scenery. And your radio is, is tuned in to a certain frequency. And you're enjoying whatever venue that's coming through your um, through your speakers. Right. But I'm gonna tell you, those other signals are still out there broadcasting. Mm. You're just not tuned into it. You're not tuned in. Wow. What do you think of that, Mr. Force? Is this a is there a force in the universe that we're just not tuned into here? Oh yeah, I totally agree. It's always it's always multiple stations and multiple frequencies going on at one time. It all depends on what. Which one you are keyed in at that particular time? So there's so there's always multiple attitudes or multiple yeah. uh, philosophies going on or multiple way of like family uh, uh, teachings based on uh, well this is how my parents did it this is how my grandparents did it and so, and so this is how we're going to do it and so that becomes the narrative for that family right wrong or indifference. 
it is what it is. And so if the narrative is, for me, profits are better than wages. Because if I have profits, even from a tax point of view, if, my, if I have profits, the last thing that I'm going to pay my last item expense is going to be my tax liability. So I have more income, discretionary income, to invest in my business or other investments versus my wages. The first thing that I lose on wages is what? Taxes. They get theirs first. They take that first. I never thought about it. If you make it only money off of a wage, Uncle Sam gets his first. If you make it on a business. Forever. And if you own a business and you're reaching profit, then you, at the end, give Uncle Sam his. You don't give it to him first. You give it to him last. And you give him your bills based on, hey, Uncle Sam, this is what I did to help stimulate the economy. Right. We get to, the I get to deduct I, those before I, we divvy it up here. Exactly. Well, all right. So uh, you got a couple of forceful people here telling me some pretty hard realities here that at least in the African-American community, they started behind the gun to start with, a long way to catch up, met extra hurdles to run through. And if they don't get the race in gear, they're going to get wiped out financially they're going to be in a position where they're never going to get out they're always they're going to have they're going to be financially wiped out and how do you start from zero and again we're not just saying we're not just saying uh, black lives matter we're saying black lives matter too yes so just like with everybody you're like everybody lives matter but you have to look at start looking at the numbers and saying wait a minute we're losing, we're losing a whole ethnic group. Yes, I, I, I want to reiterate that because, you know, again, as the old white guy in the room, I hear this all the time from my constituents and family and friends and they're like, what's all this thing about Black Lives Matter? Our lives matter too. I said, that's the whole point, that you can't see what uh, the suffering that happens and the injustices. That you can't see a bunch of black kids get killed over and over again every time they confront with the police. And yeah, maybe they ran, maybe they flipped them off, but they shouldn't die. And the whole idea is that matters too. It doesn't matter more, it matters too. Don't discount them and say, well, that doesn't matter. I don't care what happens to them. Uh, and that's, I think, the genesis of the movement that's been shifted into a different, well, you're just saying that it matters more. No, it matters no. too. It matters too. Yeah. And with us, Paul, with us having this conversation and being able to to have an adult conversation to where as we see both issues based on perception. Right. I see things from the way you see it and you see things from my point of view. Right. That's that balance. But if you're if, if you have a um, a six on the ground and you're on the right side of that six and I'm on the left side of the six, you're gonna see a nine and I'm gonna see a six. <laughs> <laughs> depending on which and you're going to argue your position, which oh, is right. Man, yeah. And I'm going to argue my position, which That's is a also six. correct. No, it's a nine. You're standing up. You're <laughs> looking at it the wrong way. All right. So I'm fascinated by this topic because it's a topic we can't talk about very often. I'm even uncomfortable talking about it right now here because I feel like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm part of the majority. I'm part of the group that got up that didn't have to worry about uh, running the race. And I will tell you, gentlemen, that the forces has it absolutely right because I grew up in an affluent upper suburban area and too many of my friends, like, it was too easy. They didn't have any hunger. They didn't have any desire. They just were bored and they crashed cars and did drugs and killed themselves. You know, everybody thinks it's wonderful at the top. 
it can be so uh, boring and so, uh, I don't know, everything's handed to you. Uh, there isn't the hunger that my parents' generation who came from poverty and came from nothing had. So there is some benefit in having a little hunger and having wanting more, too. I don't know how we can have this conversation in a way that doesn't offend anybody. What do you think, guys? Well, I, I know how to have it. This is the way you had it. I'm a, I'm a country boy that moved to the city, that didn't have anything, that have something, that wasn't in charge of nobody, that was not, now in charge of somebody, that understand black, that understand white, because I'm everybody's person. That's the way they explain it, that I don't draw lines. I don't take a side when we start talking about the human race, because when the, when the earth is lost, we're not going to sit up and say, okay, that group lost the earth. We all lost. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all lost. So I'm... I'm, one thing about being in the military, you have to look over across the, the uh, hangar bay and see a guy from New York City and Kentucky and Arkansas, and I care about who he is. But if we don't do what we need to do, we all going to drown. So let's just go ahead and just do If the world, if the United States took on the, the mindset of a military person, the world would be a much better place. But when you don't go anywhere in life, when you live your whole life in a 20-mile radius, and you hang out with the same people. I, I don't care what color they are. If football players only hung out with football players, hmm. they wouldn't know about baseball. Yeah, exactly. If, <laughs> exactly. So it don't make a difference what you what the example. You got to you got to versify. You know, we talking about versify uh, your portfolio, versify your <laughs> your area of responsibility on who you know. Yeah, absolutely. Do that absolutely. Hey, hey, Penn. I'm going to give another scenario. Uh, when I went to firefighting school. Uh, I didn't, it was like I didn't see the need to go to firefighting school because I knew I was going into aviation and I want, you know, avionics to hold nine yards. But when I understood the importance of why I needed to go to firefighting school is because if the ship caught on fire, you can't run to the fantail yeah. because eventually, <laughs> you know, the whole ship is going uh, to burn up. So, if again, fight everybody, fire, yeah. uh, everybody in the Navy is a firefighter. Yeah. So let's make everybody out there listening today a firefighter. Let's make everybody fight this fire because it's not, well, I think the three things that hold us back. One, it's their problem. It's not my problem. My problem, I'm okay. My group's okay. We see ourselves in this little tribe, and that's all we worry about. We don't see ourselves as part of a greater good. And then that leads to the fact that it's okay if they lose. No, it's not okay if they lose. If one certain group is excluded forever, they're going to get angry. They're going to rise up. They're going to drop out, or we're just not utilizing them to the full potential. You talk about veterans coming out. We've used them, and then we toss them in and say, okay, good luck, figure it out, and they find themselves homeless. They find themselves broke because nobody ever told them. Everybody took all these reasons you gave before why they come out unprepared for the real world. Uh, and, and then we say, it's okay. It's not okay. It's not just morally bad. It's, it's physically bad. If part, one part of the ship is burning, we're all going to burn. And Paul, let me let me just just make this example as well. If you look at every empire right. that's ever existed in the history of man, there was two causes, two main two main causes of their failure. Of their failure, one of them was they began to debase their currency, meaning that their, their currency over a period of time became worse, became less and less. And the second is the divide became too wide between the halves. And a half knots. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at America today, you don't, you know, you cut on, cut on the TV or read the, read the newspapers or whatever. The undercurrent 
is when you look at what's going on financially based on the money, based on interest rates and inflation, the whole nine yards, when you look at how many, as far as the segment of the, the 1% or the 5% that have the, we'll forget about the, uh, the 4%, we're just going to focus on that 1% that has 97% of all the money in this country. And you look at that racial divide or that, that, that wealth gap, and for, for, at this point, forget about the racial divide. You look at that wealth gap between the haves and the have-nots, that's a powder keg. Powder keg ready to go off. Well, fortunately, we have two gentlemen who are part of the haves, uh, and you've got you have the answer here. How do we find out more about uh, if somebody needs help to dig themselves out of this? Because the message I'm getting from both of you is, you are not born into poverty. You choose to stay into poverty. You may you're be born to, into it, but you don't have to stay there. You're talking to two military men, two veterans that love this country, and want to see this country grow and thrive. But at the same time, we want everybody to thrive. Right. Because a rising tide raises all boats, right? Absolutely. So, Penton, how do, how do we get in touch with you, buddy, if somebody wants to reach out to you? Oh, they can, they can, they can uh, uh, email me at, uh, at cpenton011 at iCloud. 011 okay. at iCloud. You're one of the few with an iCloud extension at the end here. Okay, we got to get you a just because, It's because I'm in the orbit. I, <laughs> hey, I'm in your mind. Hey, I, I, I'm that person. I'm in, I'm in the cloud. You look up, you look up, you're going to see the force. <laughs> force be with you. <laughs> That's the force be with you. And That's what I do. We, you, this is provocative stuff, guys. This isn't something we're going to resolve in 20 or 30 minutes here. Um, how? What's the first step? I want one step from each one of you, whether you're black or white, whether you're from Bogalusa or a big city, what should you take away from this? Is the, is it possible to close the wealth gap and to climb out of your perceived poverty? Yes. Okay, they're getting ready. They get ready. They get ready to stimulate the. They get ready to stimulate the United States with so much money. Right. Each family going to get at least five thousand dollars or more. Right. That is the time when you take some of that and make an investment. Don't go and invest in a pair of tennis shoes. That is the time where you could take your own destiny by your hand and leave your whole neighborhood. Don't leave the neighborhood. Just leave your leave your family out right. and let the neighborhood take care of it. Do that. Take some of that money and invest it. Take a thousand dollars and invest it. Don't treat it like it's a party. You, you always said that the vet. Yeah. Too many of the people in the service they get a bonus and they just treat it like yeah. found money and but, they just go blow it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the whole the whole United States is ready to get found money. So invest it. In your in your community, in your in your family, invest it in your family, and we can get out of this together. I like it. And I'm going to build on what you just said, and I'm just I'm just going to narrow it down more specifically. Uh, people need to take on the mindset of paying themselves first. Yeah. Pay yourself first, and the and the and the the book that I want you that I want my listeners and people out there to really uh, to to pick up, and you can get it at Amazon. But it's and for like, you know, three dollars, six, you know, four dollars. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon mm. by George S. Clayson. Mm. That's one of the best financial books. I mean, it's it, it, over millions of, of copies in print. I don't know any financial advisor worth their salt that has that doesn't has never heard of that book or hasn't read that book over and over and over again. And the basic theme in that book is I found 
the, the way to wealth, the way to wealth when I decided that a part of all I earned was mine to keep. Hmm. And the ratio of that, as far as paying yourself first, is 10%. I don't care how much money you're making, uh, but the ratio is to say the minimum is 10%. And now where do I put that 10%? You need to have your own reserve, just like the Federal Reserve or uh, all these countries and banks have uh, invested in gold and silver. You need to have at least a portion of your of your savings, of your money in precious metals. And let me tell you why, because precious metal, precious metals over time, they maintain their value. And I'll give you an example. If somebody had a gold, a silver, a silver dollar back in 1965, and they had a dollar bill back in 1965, they were equivalent. Fast forward today to 2021. At, at in 1965, you could have bought a brand new car for $2,500 or 2,500 one ounce silver coins. Fast forward today, 2021, you cannot buy a brand new car with $2,500. No. But if you have 2,500 one ounce silver coins, you can buy two brand new cars. <laughs> so if you wow. want to, and we call it purchasing power, future purchasing power. In order to ensure your future purchasing power, you need to have a percentage of your money in gold or silver. It's a fact. Because if you think about it, Paul, if you if you have all of your money in dollars and that dollar is becoming worth less year after year after year in the future, prices are not going to go down. They're going to go up. Taxes are not going to go down. They're going to go up. And if wages have are stagnant and you don't have enough money, um, you're going to fall by the wayside. And now you're going to have to have two, three, four jobs. So the maintain. fact is we're out of time, guys. The fact is. You give me more than I can take in in one setting here. You are blowing my mind here. You started off telling me that, at least for some groups, there there is an Armageddon coming. There is a wipeout that could happen where you really have no financial net worth. You don't own anything. you got nothing in the bank. You're just working day by day uh, to the wages to, to pay the next bills. And the next bills always get paid first, and you get paid last. And too many of us think that's just the way it is. That's just the way it's going to be. There's nothing I can do. And you got two people that are here to tell you it starts with believing otherwise, right? We have to unlearn all that negative stuff, all the things that didn't work, and begin to learn what actually works. Stop doing what doesn't work and begin to do what does work. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to work to digest this, and I'm going to work to have you both at, back on again here because you guys always blow my mind. Thank you very much. Mr. Penton, and I understand you're going to be starting a show here on the station too. You 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 don't want to just be a guest once in a while. You want to you, you think the audience is ready for this force of nature? I think they're ready for the force. Hey, hey, they need a they need a how to they need a how to station, and that's what I'm doing. I'm saying how to get ahead, Mike. All you got to do is follow step one. Listen to me. Follow step two. Listen to French. Let's go. Begins, and you know I just yeah. got to add this about your show. It it depend it it it, it really. It goes back to leadership, you know, and how can you effectively try to lead somebody else when you can't lead yourself? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the show is tentatively going to be called Veteran Force. We're going to try and see if we can turn veterans from being a case to be 
pitied and helped and whatever and worried about we're going to we're going to rise them up and turn them into not just when they're in the military but when they're out of the service we're going to turn them into a force to be reckoned with right exactly yes sir yes sir yes sir all right hey, well Paul, that and again coming. i just got to say before we go off the air if somebody yeah. wants to get in touch with me or yes. they want to get in touch with Penn, you know just go to closing the wealth gap dot coach that's closing the wealth gap dot coach or uh, every you know, I want you guys to download my app. There's, there's a wealth of resources and, and information at a that wealth, app. So to, a wealth of resources there. Exactly. So go to closingthewealthgapapp.com. Closingthewealthgapapp.com. Well, that's one step we can all take. Let's start with that, and let's come back more as we tune in each and every week for a couple of uh, I'm going to say a couple of bomb throwers today here. This this was an, some explosive stuff here. It's going to take a while for this to settle in, but it's stuff we need to hear, and this is the only place I know where you can hear it. Thanks, guys, for coming Absolutely. on today here. Thank you, Paul. Okay. Thank you, Pin. Take care. Bye. Right. That's our show for this week, Closing the Wealth Gap, the one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.